Radio is one of our strongest allies for tackling natural disasters and humanitarian emergencies. It allows us to prevent dangers and foster life-saving behaviors. It helps disseminate vital information to protect human life and to support reconstruction. It sustains links within societies, restoring contacts between parents and children, between communities torn by crisis. Radio embodies the power of communication to renew hope, and this is what we celebrate on this World Radio Day. That's Irina Bakova, Director General of UNESCO, speaking for United Nations World Radio Day this month. The United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization, known as UNESCO, its theme for World Radio Day on February 13 is Radio in Times of Emergency and Disaster. UNESCO recognizes the immediate access to radio frequencies is essential in saving lives. It should be protected so they be available in times of emergency. Now again, Arena Bakova, Director General of UNESCO. On this occasion, I call on all UNESCO member states to support and strengthen the capacity of radio, including community stations. We need to deepen all ties between humanitarian actors and radio professionals. And we must always remember that freedom of information and the safety of journalists is essential in emergencies and the way to strengthen the freedom and security of all. Together, let us nurture the full power of radio. Radio saves lives. This is UNESCO's message today. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Yes, welcome to the News 4. We're commencing February 7. I'm Graham VK4BB. The University of Adelaide has told radioinfo.com.au the assessment of shortlisted bidders for Radio Adelaide is not yet complete and it has delayed its announcement of a new licence holder for Radio Adelaide. While the university is not willing to discuss details, it is possible that it has taken some more time to consider all the ACMA requirements of such a move before finalising its decision on which entity will best suit the requirements of the licence transfer process. Any new licence will be required to tell the ACMA about its previous relevant broadcast experience, its financials and its capacity to continue the service. Tasmania has experienced a lot of storm damage recently. Among those affected is the home of Jim VK7JH, which suffered an almost direct lightning strike. Much of his internet and associated infrastructure has been damaged or destroyed. This includes two computers and possibly several Pi computers, Consequently, the linking of VK7RTV to 7RDR and 7RAK has been affected. WIA Board Talk and the NZART in New Zealand to send a representative to WIA's AGM on Norfolk. The close relationship between the Wireless Institute of Australia and the New Zealand Association of Radio Transmitters has these neighbouring IARU member societies visit each other on alternate years. And this year, the NZART will send Neil Ellis, ZL1TAJ, a Northern Region Councillor, to the AGM on Norfolk. These bilateral meetings bring up mutual issues and some new ideas or ways of doing things, with both the WIA and the NZART benefiting greatly by exchanges and reports. 
A number of members and their families have sent in photographs and other material relating to the series of Anzac articles published in Amateur Radio magazine. A special edition publication with some new material on radio amateurs at war is due to be released by the WIA in time for Anzac Day 2016. The Wireless Institute of Australia gave an insight on its operations and busy agenda in an address to the Westlakes Amateur Radio Club in New South Wales. WIA President Phil Waite, VK2ASD, explained the structure and challenges ahead to about 50 who had gathered at the club rooms in Taralba on Saturday, January 30. He talked mostly about the big picture items, such as how the current WIA operates, the need for amateur radio to show it has public value, and therefore better justified to continue access to Spectrum. Covered was the WIA response to the Spectrum review, and why it is important for the future of amateur radio and the WIA suggested changes to the foundation, standard and advanced licences. Phil also emphasised there was enormous pressure on the spectrum from the new generation of mobile devices and the Internet of Things, all set to grow in coming years. The WIA board, in all that it does, both in membership services and the time-consuming, often hard advocacy, has, as its first priority, the advancement of amateur radio. After the presentation, the WIA answered about a dozen questions from the floor. These included the cost of membership, with a general idea that halving the subscription rate could more than double the member number. Phil, VK2ASD, the president, explained that the idea was not new. However, it was a pretty dangerous exercise if it didn't work. The potential of a new membership fee reduction for a no-paper amateur radio magazine was also discussed, but the saving to the individual by introducing such a measure was not large. A positive suggestion arising out of the question and answer session, which the WIA will consider, was a reader feedback form in amateur radio each year to gauge what people want in the publication. At the end of the afternoon session, President Phil was thanked for providing the sort of big picture information that affects all, and mostly not known to the audience previously. In response to the advertised new senior role of WIA Executive Administrator, there were 43 applications received. These have been shortlisted to six who are now being interviewed. Unsuccessful applicants missed out due to the high calibre of those seeking the position. The WIA board will receive a report after the six interviews have been held and expects to be able to make an appointment. Meantime, the WIA officially has a new examination officer who has been in that role for some months as a temporary through an agency. Petra has performed well to show an understanding of the many facets of the WIA exam service. The WIA board discussed the matter, agreed to offer Petra an appointment, and she agreed beginning last week. VK1 WIA, all local news. We go around VK in 80 seconds. VK2, the 2016 Yurunga Radio Convention will be on again this Easter, and next week we'll have a good look at what's in store. But now a good look at what's in store for the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club's annual field day event at Wyong Racecourse, Sunday, Feb 28. The Central Coast Amateur Radio Club are looking forward to welcoming all interested in amateur radio to the annual field day event at Wyong Racecourse, Sunday, February 28, 2016. Here's updated lists of traders and exhibitors, and don't forget the big flea market. VK4ICE will be here as usual. Exhibitors who have registered so far are Currajong Radio Museum, Historical Radio Society of Australia, Alara slash Haddock, Wyson, New South Wales, Incorporated, Tube Radio Australia, QSL Bureau slash Westlakes, 
Spark CC, AMSAT VK, WIA. Traders who have registered so far are Radio Supply Proprietary Limited, RF Solutions, Softmark, Silvertone Electronics, Rotel, NBS Antennas, Crotec Instruments, Duro Services, Amona, Bushcom. Entry is $15, under 17s are free. For full details about the field day, please go to the website at www.fieldday.org.au. This is from Dave, VK2DLS, Publicity Officer of the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club. VK3 and less than a week until Feb 13 and that's the date when in VK3 Merck's Hamfest will be held, 10am at Werribee Masonic Centre and three weeks until Melbourne's friendliest Hamfest, the EMDRC Hamfest and WES at the Great Ryrie Primary School Heathmont in Melbourne's eastern suburbs. That's February 28 from 10am. Entry is still $6 with a bottomless tea and coffee, while out the front Jack will be cooking up a storm on the world-famous barbecue. Every entry ticket receives a free raffle ticket with extras sold on the day. The items from the traders and commercial sellers will be raffled off. Will you win a prize? You have to be there at midday. ICOM Australia. They'll be in attendance with that new rig, the IC730, the SDR HF radio. All regular commercial supporters, including Radio Books, Cobram, PK Loops and many more. Nick will be there with all his bits and pieces, the TV man with his brackets and bits, and many other tables full of exciting gear. If you want more information, head to the EMDRC Club website or search VK3ER on Facebook. VK4 and VK's Mr. Repeater Andrew Chapman, VK4 Queen Fox, tells us the 23cm repeater on Mount Cutha is operational, no CTCSS, and it's on 1273.5, its antenna 75 metres up the tower on Brisbane's largest hill. VK5 and WIA trialling digital news broadcast. VK amateurs are trialling an experimental digital transmission of the Wireless Institute of Australia's National News Service. It operates on 7.177 via the FreeDV 1600 mode. Whilst talking outlets of our WIA newscast, also in VK5, another newie, 28.515 in Murray Bridge. VK5 HEL suggested to the Elmark president, David Box, VK5 DB, as there was no 10 metre broadcast in VK5, he'd be willing to broadcast on 28.515. Jeff uses a Kenwood TS59S and computer software to suit. VK6 and Peel Amateur Radio Group will hold a swap meet March 5, 8am till noon. Portaloo Pavilion in Mandurah, which I'm told is just a short walk from the train station. It'll run from 9am to 12pm, but with entry for stall set up at 8. Well, I think we've been all over VK now, all over the world, floating in unusual wind flows. The wind pattern over Australia's eastern states last weekend had Pico Balloon PS60 taking full advantage. But this time, the solar-powered payload sent VHF and UHF signals at a mere 10 milliwatts for tracking. Andy VK3YT launched PS60 Saturday, January 30, transmitting APRS on 145.175 and Olivia 8-250 with RSID on 434.649 upper side. PS60 was released to explore the interesting wind pattern and provide an opportunity for extended local tracking. VK3YT says the circular wind pattern happens from time to time in various parts of the world, which causes loops like last weekend. 
After days over Victoria, South Australia and New South Wales, it looped six times, which gave many hours of tracking. Moving now over the Tasman, ZL trackers are reporting its location, altitude, temp and battery condition. Meantime, the earlier PS58 Pico balloon on HF, launched December 29, negotiated the infamous Bermuda Triangle and, while still in the Northern Hemisphere, entered Africa at Guinea to exit at Liberia. The balloon was heard last heading back again towards South America. In education, youth and advancement of amateur radio, do you want to get a foundation standard or advanced call? Why not check into Ham College? That's hamcollege.com.au. Yes, it's based in Western Australia and we offer courses for all grades of licences and our WIA accredited assessors run examinations for all levels, including the practical assessment. Ham College also offers an online foundation course. In addition to our attendance-based courses at all levels, we encourage individuals wishing to gain further privileges for their licence to be in touch with us. Contact us, hamcollege.com.au. For Ham College, this is Andrew, Victor Kilo 6, Alpha Sierra. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. In Sydney, I'm Jason VK2LAW. World DAB to be principal sponsor of DBS 2016. Joan Warner, Vice President Asia Pacific World DAB and CEO Commercial Radio Australia, says this event will take place in Kuala Lumpur from February 29 to March 3rd and is the third consecutive year that World DAB has been the symposium's principal sponsor. World DAB is the global industry forum responsible for defining the broadcast standard DAB+. Topics will include the integration of digital radio in connected cars and smart devices, especially in the Asia-Pacific region. More than 60 speakers will be presenting at the conference and workshop sessions. UFO researcher to launch CubeSat to search for ET close to home. An engineer-turned-UFO researcher is hoping to launch a low-Earth orbit CubeSat to search for evidence of extraterrestrial life. Canadian Dave Coate has assembled a seven-person team to design, fund, build and launch the project that he hopes will provide some answers about the origins of recent unidentified object sightings across the globe. We have had astronauts, military personnel, police officers and the former Defence Minister of Canada come forward stating that extraterrestrial UFOs are real and that we are being visited, says Coate. How can this be ignored and brushed off as nonsense? Concerned the public isn't getting straight answers, the group has turned to crowdsourcing the project on Kickstarter. Coates says they're a go for launch already, but are looking for some more funding so they can pack it with as much science equipment as possible. Coates hopes to use our amateur radio frequencies to transmit the data back to Earth and a worldwide network of ham volunteers to receive it. While the details of the transmissions have yet to be determined, Coat hopes to assemble a worldwide team of hams willing to receive and log whatever data the satellite captures. Ready to help in whatever capacity, December and January were very busy as USA radio amateurs swung into action in response to widespread flooding 
a giant snowfall and a tainted water supply drama. Bill Grimsbow, N0 Papa November Papa, District C Emergency Coordinator, said when floods hit southwest Washington and historic flooding occurred in Greater St. Louis area, more than 170 hours of service was given working with responding agencies. Some 26 hours volunteers plus members of radio clubs worked with the Red Cross at shelters. They helped coordinate communications among the shelters and Red Cross headquarters. Then a storm on the January 23-24 weekend dropped heavy snow, paralysing many East Coast states with ice-causing power outages and flooding along coastal areas. In the New York City area, Aris Hudson Division Director Mike Lysenko, N2 Yankee Bravo Bravo, said the city was shut down, including a ban on all cars. Aris members were on standby to assist with any shelter communication after being asked by served agencies including the Red Cross and the County Emergency Manager. Back here in VK, Jim Linton, VK3 Papa Charlie, Chairman IARU Region 3 Disaster Communications Committee, was busily keeping an eagle eye across all activity and said Skywarn took part on VHF and UHF repeaters and 40 metres, tracking the snowfall with vital weather information. Aris was again called to help in Ohio community where lead-tainted water was found. The Emergency Management Agency and Red Cross were overjoyed that radio operators were involved, showing their availability in any capacity at times of need. Stormy weather also wreaked havoc with one important de-expedition. Operators on the Victor Papa 8 Sierra Tango India de-expedition team were forced to break down operations and return to their transport vessel, the RV Braveheart, after declaring an emergency on Monday, January 25, as a result of the fierce South Atlantic storm near their campsite on southern Tule Island. They were forced to leave their gear and personal belongings on the island. Vacuum tubes from 3D printers. DARPA, through its innovative Vacuum Electronic Space and Technology Invest program, aims to develop the space and technology base for new generations of more capable vacuum tube electronic devices, VEDs. Those microwaves that heat the food in your microwave oven come from a magnetron, the vacuum tube that made radar possible in the first half of the 20th century. Travelling wave tubes, TWTs, not solid state amplifiers, generate the strong electromagnetic signals in communication satellites because of their exceptional on-orbit reliability and high power efficiency. Tubes are not dead. 3D printers should allow an entire tube structure to be aligned right off the assembly line, which a DARPA spokesman called a beautiful vision and a choreographed effort across many disciplines to create one of these vacuum tubes. We'll tune our gun diodes to 75 gigahertz and listen for DARPA to come on the air. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. I'm Felix VK for a few Q and Ingham. Have you ever wondered where all our news broadcast transmitters are located? A good place to look is on the WIA website, where the rebroadcasters who regularly send in their callback figures are listed. So, who and where are our broadcast stations? www.wia.org.au/members/broadcast/where. Now to operational news for 2016. 
ARRLDXCW contest is February 20, 21st. WIA John Moyle Field Day, 19, 20 March 2016. Harry Angel A Meter Sprint, Saturday 7th of May. 1010 International Summer Contest, August 6 and 7. Remembrance Variety Contest, August 13 and 14. 36 The Lara Contest is on the last full weekend in August, August 27, 28. Special Event Stations, DX, Beacon, Repeater and Net Advice. VK5 Inwards QSL Bureau needs new manager. After some time, Stefan Forker, VK5RZ, has reluctantly tendered his resignation handling QSL card management for VK5. This means someone will have to take over the Inwards QSL card distribution in South Australia. If you can be the new VK5 Inwards QSL Bureau manager, then please inquire by email to vk5bureau at wia.org.au. V31YN from Belize to the 21st of February. CW and Ritty on 160 to 10 metres with participation in the CQWW 160 meter CQ WPX Ritty and ARRL DXCW contest. You may QSL via the Bureau. An international group of amateur radio operators will descend onto Helala Holiday Lodge, a beach resort on the Kingdom of Tonga, during the last two weeks of February 2016. Call sign will be A35T. This trip encompasses the ARRL DXCW contest February 20 and 21st. Activity will be on 160 to 10 metres using CW, SSB and RITI. QSL via M0URX. F6ITD is active as FG stroke F6ITD from Guadeloupe and Tubbets Island until March 28th. These include the main island between January the 20th and February the 2nd and La Desirade Island between March the 3rd and the 8th. He'll work all HF bands both on SSB and in digital modes. Listen for the call sign TO6D. QSL virus home call sign F6ITD. IOTA AS202. Members of the Bahrain Amateur Radio Group will be active as A91HI from Hawa Island between April the 28th and May the 1st. QSL via A92AA. Dog Island is IOTA reference NA085 and Bruce K5TN will once again be active from Dog between May the 14th and the 21st. Activity will be on 80 to 6 metres using CWSSB and possibly RITI, PSK31 and JT65A. QSL virus home call sign directed by the Bureau. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Hi, I'm Brian, VK3GR, with this week's worldwide special interest group news starting at Final Frontier. CubeSats to get weather watch roll. Big weather observing satellites could soon be joined by a network of small CubeSats, the type pioneered by radio amateurs. Startup Spire is proposing a constellation of 100 weather satellites in the first private weather satellite network. The ambitious project claims traditional weather satellites provide 1,500 readings a day, while the CubeSat constellation, when launched in 12 months, can give 10,000 observations daily. The World Meteorology Organizations and Weather Bureaus are understood to be watching the SPIRE project with interest. Lilacsat 2FM Transponder has been nearly continuously running for the past few days. Uplink on 144.350 MHz FM and downlink on 437.200 MHz FM. Keep in mind that this uplink frequency is not within the normal 145.8 to 146 MHz satellite subband, though this frequency is within the 144.3 to 144.5 MHz new OSCAR subband in the ARRL band plan and is allocated to the amateur satellite service. Much like the story of the UFO researcher, a major worry these days is who's on where and what. 
when it comes to space comms and our handbands. IARU Region 1 has released the papers for an interim meeting to be held in Vienna in April. Among the papers, they cover global band planning considerations, and among the recommendations say, emphasize that space-borne APRS must be confined to globally coordinated amateur satellite subbands. Therefore, items that are ambiguous and generate confusion in the national band plans, such as space communications and new Oscar subband, should be removed as soon as possible in all regions in accordance with IARU, AC, and satellite coordination guidance. It's believed that new Oscar subband refers to the USA's ARRL 144 meg band plan and space communications to the Australian WIA 144 meg band plan. These band plans, as well as those for some other countries, show 144.300 to 144.500 MHz as being for amateur satellite use. Now, Worldwide Special Interest Group's internet linking of repeaters. Nepal has an IRLP-enabled repeater. The 2-metre repeater in Kathmandu, Nepal, serves those with handheld transceivers and has now been upgraded to become the latest IRLP node with worldwide access. The repeater donated through the Radio Marla Group and Baynet in California was installed last year following the massive earthquake in the Himalayas. Baynet volunteers helped build, test and ship the repeater system that is now at the Tribuvan University with a call sign of 9N1SP. This new IRLP connection in Kathmandu, Nepal has been assigned the node number 5511. Now moving on to Worldwide Special Interest Group's ILLW. One ham radio group that constantly uses this WIA broadcast to advantage is the IILW, or International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend Group. Fully aware we only broadcast an item once, the ILLW are forever updating us with fresh slants and news on their August event. Enter Trinidad and Tobago. The historic Toco Lighthouse at Point Galera in Trinidad's northeast coast is a new one for the country's International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend, held on the third weekend of August. So far, 130 registrations have been received for the fun event from 24 countries. If you want to read past event reports, the easy guidelines, or perhaps apply for registration on the weekend of August 20 and 21, then visit the website illw.net. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Maritime, Morse Code, a staple in the Navy toolkit. U.S. Naval students have been learning Morse Code while attending the first revised Basic Manual Morse Trainer, BMMT, course at the Center for Information Dominance Unit at Corrie Station. Morse Code continues to be an inexpensive and efficient means of communication for many states throughout the globe, said Senior Chief Cryptologic Technician Tony Gonzalez, CTR Rate Training Manager for CID Headquarters. Manual Morse operators here at Corrie Station are learning a skill set that has stood the test of time. Worldwide Special Interest Group, Uber, out of handband electronic radio. Fast imaging in the 868 MHz band. These days, much radio experimentation work takes place in license-exempt bands, which are free from some of the restrictions of the amateur radio license. In one of his blogs, Dave Ackerman, M0RPI, writes about his experiments using high-speed data transfer in the 868 MHz to download images from high-altitude balloons. By using the 250 kHz bandwidth option on the readily available LoRa modules, a data rate of around 17,000 bits per second might be achieved, enabling 1280 by 640 imaging to be downloaded in about 70 seconds. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Amateur Young Timers. 
Have you noticed 11-year-olds and up, youngsters playing with wires and batteries perhaps? Or maybe a young relative or neighbour seems to want to spend more time in your shack than yourself. I'd say they're probably hooked on ham radio, so now it's up to you to reel them in. These days, even the 11-year-olds often have their own smartphones, so get smart and tell them about the WIA-sponsored Ham Radio Foundation course for iOS and Android. The Australian Radio and Electronics School has made available a free two- to three-day amateur radio foundation license course by these devices. The applications were made possible by sponsorship from the WIA in cooperation with RES. Both applications, once downloaded and installed, require no internet connection. This short course is suitable for about 11-year-olds and up. Well done, WIA, and well done, Southgate Amateur Radio News, for pointing this out, yet another example of your WIA at work. And finally, from me, Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. The Tablelands Radio Group will be putting on a display of radio equipment at the Cardwell Bush Telegraph Heritage Centre on Saturday the 13th of February from 9am until around midday. The theme this time is around radio in natural disasters. So if you're in the area, please do drop in. And now that's all from me. I'm Brian, VK3GR, signing off. Well, that takes us to the end of WIA and the National News Service. On the social scene, I think we've told you everything that's happening ham radio-wise in VK. Maybe with the exception this week, we didn't mention the VK4 Feb 13 Boot Sailor Caboolture Radio Club. That's in Smith Road, Caboolture, 7.30am. Now till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.